Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Basement Binge as we continue our way through Animation Hall of Fave, Volume 2, Animation Season 2, whatever you're calling it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for everybody who listened to the first episode. Let's continue with the second one, Kung Fu Panda. I apologize that it's a little bit delayed. Didn't come out as soon as I expected because every single time I thought I was done writing the episode, I'd have more to say. I'd sit down to record and then I'd think of more things to say there. I'm excited for this episode, particularly with the last segment, Fall In, where I talk about the themes and messages of the film. So definitely stick around for the end of the episode for that, because I have a ton to say for that, and I'm super excited for it. But that's enough of that. Let's get into the first segment here, Two Cents, which is completely spoiler-free, giving my reaction to the film. Again, spoiler-free. There are a lot of episodes in Animation Hall of Fame Volume 2 that I'm really excited to talk about. Kung Fu Panda, I was excited about, but it wasn't until watching it for this episode watching it for the first time in a while that I realized how fantastic it is and how much there is to comment about it. It wasn't one of those films that I went in waiting to talk about, like Interstellar, for example. I knew Interstellar was great. I had a lot to say about it. I was excited to talk about it. Kung Fu Panda, I was excited to do for the podcast, but I didn't have a lot of things already in my head ready to talk about. And then watching it, it's just been an overflowing amount of things to say about this fantastic film. I think that everybody knows what Kung Fu Panda is. Even if they haven't seen it, there are memes everywhere from it, but I also think that it has this reputation of being beloved. Everyone who has ever mentioned Kung Fu Panda in a conversation to me mentions it out of love. They have positive things to say about it. Reviews are very positive about this film. It has this reputation of being a really solid animated film. And I had seen it. I'd seen it a few times, actually, repeatedly. I watched it repeatedly at home when I was younger with my brother. But I had always associated the the love towards it with the great fun that it is. I mean, it's a kid's animated, anthropomorphic, talking animal movie that's funny. And that's all I remembered it as. Fun and really funny with some great lines. And those things alone are what got it into the Animation Hall of Fame. Like, it's here for a reason. I chose to talk about it because it's a movie that I enjoyed and it had a decent legacy, but it just happened to be animated. So there's just a lot of things that was like, yeah, this is just a good time to talk about it. It wasn't one of those films that I went in thinking, wow, this is a film that uses the format of animation exceptionally, both from a visual standpoint and a storytelling standpoint. I wasn't prepared for that. And it definitely is one of those things. It deserves its place in the Animation Hall of Fave. And I'm glad that it's here because it is a lot more than just a funny animated anthropomorphic talking animal movies for kids. Yes, it does have talking animals. Yes, it is incredibly hilarious. And the animation that got it into the Hall of Fame kind of just by default is exceptional. It has earned its place here tenfold. This animation is beautiful with saturated colors and wonderful imagery. Animation as a format allows you to hyper-realize things and they go for it here in Kung Fu Panda perfectly. The film is gorgeous to look at. So from its animation merits alone, just visually and and not just with the beautiful colors and and sunsets that it has, but just the way that everything is animated, it's already a solid entry into the Hall of Fave, but we've nearly just scratched the surface of it. Moving on from the technical merit for a moment, to which there is plenty to mention, the story. Poe is one of the most heartfelt and sincere characters ever written. Jack Black is a perfect casting choice without ever getting in the way of the character. It's not a panda with Jack Black's voice. It's Poe. And the story told about Poe and about Kung Fu and becoming the legendary warrior whose Kung Fu skills were stuff of legend, as the opening narration tells us, it is a thematically rich and appropriately told story with earnest intents. It's easy to go easy on these animated kids' movies as they're often referred to, but Kung Fu Panda doesn't hold back. Poe's journey is real and relatable and stuffed with important messages for all of us, no matter what our age is. 
The story and the way that these characters are written and performed makes not only Poe, but the entire film feel very sincere and very magical. DreamWorks and the entire team behind Kung Fu Panda managed to make a genuine and moving Kung Fu movie with all the wonderful qualities of Kung Fu movies about a panda who is literally a fat joke. It's unforgettable, and from the moment the film ended, I could not wait to talk about it. This film is incredible. The one complaint that I just have to mention that takes it down just barely is the way that Jackie Chan was included, which they get points for. It's fantastic, but he's really wasted. So maybe like half a point taken off for that. But other than that, in the words of Poe, Kung Fu Panda is awesome. So that's my two cents. I can't say, I really try to keep two cents completely spoiler free if somehow you haven't seen the film and want to have the rich experience that it is, especially having visited in a few years. Go pause the episode, keep it downloaded, go watch the movie. It's really brief. It's like an hour and a half. And here in the US, it's on Netflix. If you don't know where it is in your country, check out Just Watch. Uh, it's a website or an app. And then come back to the rest of the episode. Now, before you leave, let me tell you a brief announcement about how you can win potentially a copy of Kung Fu Panda first. A Spider-Man giveaway is still happening until the end of January for a digital copy of Spider-Man Homecoming. You simply enter by leaving reviews on podchaser.com or through Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you leave it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, a lot of the times I can miss it just in the way that they report reviews to podcasters. So take a screenshot of it, email it to me. That's a great way to do it. But on podchaser.com is a fantastic source. I'm going to talk about them more in a minute, but by leaving reviews throughout January, you can enter to win the Spider-Man Homecoming giveaway. Those reviews for the month of January will also enter you into the Animation Hall of Fave Volume 2 giveaway. So animation season is from January to February, those entire two months. So at the end of February, I'm going to be giving away two prizes. One of the prizes is going to be a copy of one of the said Animation Hall of Fave films. So any of the films that I review during January and February you would like to own, that can be your prize if you are the selected winner for the Animation Hall of Fave giveaway. The second prize will be a $10 gift card to a video on demand service. So like Vudu and Fandango or something like Apple TV or Prime Video, something like that, you know, Redbox, however you choose to rent films digitally, video on demand service, or a $10 gift card to a movie theater, the winner's choice, either video on demand or movie theater, $10 every way. So those are the two prizes I'm giving away. One is a copy of one of the animated films of your choice. I'll mail it to you if you would like a physical copy in the Blu-ray. The other one is a gift card of $10. Now, those reviews that you leave for the month of January will count towards both Spider-Man Homecoming giveaway and the Animation Hall of Fame giveaway. So every review that you leave, every time you share the podcast on social media and tag me in it so I can see it, that will enter you for the giveaway. Now, the reason that I would mention Podchaser and not just Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Podchaser is like the IMDb of podcasting. On top of just being a great resource for all podcasting, not just the base and binge and learning things about your favorite podcasts, it also allows you to review each individual episode, not just the podcast as a whole. So on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you leave one review and you're done. You can leave one review on the Basement Binge on the podcast as a whole. You can also review each individual episode. You simply click on the episode and then leave a review that way. So you can leave a review on this Kung Fu Panda episode, or you can leave a review on the Interstellar episode or any other episode that you listen to during the entire month of January and February. Any review will count as an entry into the giveaway. Obviously, the way giveaways go, the more entries you have, the better. So reviews help more than I could ever explain. So I'm trying to incentivize them in some way so that it can, on top of just helping out the show, you can earn some type of reward. So 
All the links that you would need to leave a review on Podchaser, which is completely free, will be below. Additionally, you can just go to podchaser.com slash the basement binge and leave a review. Again, it helps out the show more than I could mention. Additionally, another way to enter is to share the show on social media, Instagram or Facebook, just tag the basement binge again, linked below. And uh, that will give you an entry. Sharing the show also helps a ton. So thank you. That's enough of those announcements. Let's move on to the next segment after a super brief interruption. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, interruption out of the way. Thanks for bearing with me through that. Let's get into the next segment here, Pick Your Poison. Pick Your Poison is the rating scale for the basement binge. So instead of like five stars or like Matt does on his show, five reels or out of 10 like IMDb does or whatever your preferred rating is here at the basement binge, it's all about the bingeability of the film and how I would choose to interact with it after watching it. There's four options to never watch it again, which is extremely self-explanatory and is the lowest rating it can receive. Above that is to stream it. That means that it's on a service you're already paying for, and it's with the mentality of you're just trying to look for something to watch. You're not super picky. You're browsing through Netflix or whatever you're doing, and if it was there, you'd be willing to click on it. Above that is to rent it. In the right circumstances, you'd be willing to pay a few dollars and watch it. Above that, you probably saw it coming, is to buy it. Be that digitally or physically, own it, pay full price for it, watch it, and have it to watch as many times as you would like. So what is Kung Fu Panda? One, I bought the trilogy before I rewatched it as part of animation season. Well, actually, I didn't buy it. I was gifted it for Christmas. I requested it as a gift for animation season, uh, but also because I knew the films were good. But it, for the purpose of the rating, to move on from reality and just focus on the rating system of Pick Your Poison, I would buy it 10 times over, even if I already do own it. This is another one of those, the select award or rating that I may give to a particular movie where it's not only something that I would buy for myself, but I could confidently buy as a gift blindly for someone else. I'm kind of ashamed that I hadn't owned or watched Kung Fu Panda sooner. I remember loving it when I was younger and watching it at home all the time, but it was mainly the humor and the great quotes and quotability that I remember of it pulling so much more and, and loving so much more about this film and appreciating areas that I never anticipated is a film that I'm going to watch again and again very soon and would be can't wait to share with other individuals. Kung Fu Panda, without a doubt, is definitely by. It is a film that I will rewatch many times uh, and I'm proud to own. So with that, let's move on to the next segment, Live Up. This is where I talk about my expectations for the film. What was it like going into the film and were they able to, was the film able to live up to those expectations? Why the segment is named Live Up, probably. <laughs> so you are definitely going to guess where this is going. I've been mentioning a lot in Two Cents and even just barely in Pick Your Poison, Kung Fu Panda skadooshed any expectations I could have had. I was not prepared for the awesomeness. It was almost blinding to use of lines from the film. You can just tell everyone who worked on this project cared and loved what they were working on. The animation I have already mentioned plentifully is beautiful from the dynamic and poppy lighting that's full of saturated colors to the creative transitions that they use, the animation of the characters and the fantastic Kung Fu choreography to the fantastic voice acting from everyone involved. 
The unforgettable writing with great lines to a fantastic story that isn't just good because of its message, but also the way that that story is told with a clear love and respect and understanding of the three-act system and fun and entertaining foreshadowing. Every element besides the disappointing use of Jackie Chan not only lives up, but exceeds anything I could have hoped for or wanted from the film. I knew Kung Fu Panda was good. I knew I was going to enjoy it. I just didn't know that it was full of this many good things. Yes, I knew it was animated. I was not expecting the visual feast that it is. Yes, I knew the message of the Dragon Scroll and accepting yourself. I've seen the film multiple times. I was not expecting it to be that rich and that rewarding and that personal. Also, the music. I don't know how, how I haven't mentioned that up to this point. John Powell and Hans Zimmer teaming up together like they frequently do for DreamWorks. This is an exceptionally well done score that elevates the Kung Fu Chinese Asian elements of the film while never abandoning the roots of Poe and the cartooniness of that character. I mean, like Master Uguay's Ascent is one of the greatest pieces of film music ever. Hans Zimmer visited China to absorb the culture and I actually went to meet the China National Symphony Orchestra. I had to say that five different times. I don't know why that is such a tongue twister. As part of his preparation for creating the score of this film, like there's a clear love for all the influences of this film and it creates a phenomenal score. I mean, it's John Powell and Hans Zimmer. What would you expect? So yeah, to get to the ultimate question of this segment, did it live up? More than it ever could have. It completely exceeded any expectation I have. All right, so let's continue with the other segment that is new here just for the new animation season. I wish I would have had this first time around and that is lame fave or fame hello everybody you're right simmer down simmer down thank you okay this is where i talk about you kind of give it the the of the animation hall of fave is this entry because a lot of these films i haven't seen period or haven't seen in a while is it deserving of its entry here so is it lame and should be forgotten is it a fave one that i just love even though i know under others won't totally love it or is it a fame so, Kung Fu Panda, how, how, how does it enter this? And I feel like to be fair to Poe, I need to add another entry just for this film, and that's legendary. Yes, this film should be fame, or it, it should be legendary, and it, it, I hope that it continues that legacy that it does have. The animation alone is worthy of the entry of fame. It was made in 2008 when digital animation was still pretty new, and there's really complicated fur and clothing on top of that fur that had to be created completely complete technology to be able to animate the clothes moving and matting down the fur and manipulating the fur. So the technology of this film has a place in animation history and deserves its fame for that reason. Beyond that, it's just beautiful. I know I keep saying that, but it's truly because it is. From the saturated blues and reds of Tai Lung's escape in prison with a breathtaking shot of all the arrows coming down on him, or the bridge fight between the Furious Five and Tai Lung with kung fu and rope animation and fur animation and fog and shadowy lighting. When the directors came to the animating team with that scene, the animators were kind of worried and expressed the impossibility of it, and they wanted to do it even more, knowing that nothing else had done, been done like it before. And it, it's a breathtaking scene. But it's interesting that when these directors in the commentary were talking about that scene, they said, we know that these are things that not everyone is going to notice, and you shouldn't because you'll be wrapped up in the story being told. And that's just pure love for the art form and everything that it is from a storytelling aspect and just from a visually and technical aspect. I love it. I could go on and on about the visual look of this film, but really you should just watch it. The sunset and its saturated skies are a beautiful orange. The use of light and shadows and color here is one of my favorite elements of the film that I had never noticed. 
The color palette and the use of blocking combined with the location details and the kinetic and fluid movement and camera and the characters all feel like they're right out of China. It's a great kung fu movie, animated or otherwise. It's fantastic. And I'm definitely not the only one who is of this opinion. Chinese officials were so impressed with the film that they actually organized meetings with official government cultural bodies with a production designer, Raymond Zaibak, I think is how you say his name, and the art director, Heng Tang, who had spent years researching Chinese art and kung fu movies. So they met with these local, these Chinese leaders about the cultural portrayal of this film and how their own country had not been able to produce animated movies of such quality themselves and trying to understand why. So clearly this film is famous and deserves that fame. And for the honor of Poe, it can earn the one-time status of legendary. So let's move on to the next thing here, binge points. This is, this is one of the segments that I love where I get to talk about details or Easter eggs or hidden trivia or just fun things in the film that I noticed. Uh, and I just want to point out, you know, behind the scenes details or production details, those types of things. I already started talking about these things in Live Up, but this animation really is remarkable. Visually, it's stunning, but I'm going to move on from that to stop repeating myself because there's a lot of technical achievements that were made with this film. The movie took four years to make and for good reason. I've already mentioned the fur and clothing interacting with each other and the technicality of that, but also lighting here interacting with fur. There's this, I mean, the great sequence of Tai Lung escaping when he does escape and he's at the top of the prison, he's holding that goose, I think it's a goose, trying to send him back to Master Shifu and the red light flashes behind him, giving him a backlighted look with his fur being illuminated and it is just gorgeous backlight. And to think that this was made in 2008 and doesn't look aged at all is is really incredible. To continue with this technical part of animation, rigging. If you don't know what rigging is, in essence, what it is, is when they're making a character in computer animation, like stop motion, they have a rig or like a skeleton, if you will, that gives the computer the rules and physical limits and capacities of this character and how they should move and look and be affected by things. The rig is what makes it walking look like walking and arms moving look like arms moving and so on and so forth. So those technical rigs that are in the computer would, would not allow the kung fu choreography to work. They had to completely rebuild and recode new rigs to work separately for the kung fu sequences. So they had the regular rigs for walking around and other things, and then they had new rigs that they had to use for animating the kung fu. The animators took a six-hour kung fu class to get an idea of the moves for the action of the film. And boy, oh boy, does it work. These fight sequences are so well done. Each character has unique movement and fighting style to not only match their animals, but also a genuine kung fu style. And a quick example here with Crane, he flies. His fighting is with flight and his legs and the unique uses of those. He never uses his wings as hand like we so often get in these animated animal films. And that's great. Mantis and Viper, their fighting style is completely different. And then Poe, of course Poe. His fighting style is modeled after bear style fighting, which is actually what it's called. This is a genuine style of kung fu. It's not quite the same, but it's kind of similar to how Bruce Wayne fights in Batman Begins. And that's a genuine style that they worked on animating and choreographing that animation around. One last thing about the animation, the opening of the film is done with traditional 2D hand-drawn animation that they wanted to use in contrast of the newer looking CG 3D animation, but also has a love for Asian anime. And it's super stylized and an exceptionally well done opening to a Kung Fu film. To move on from animation, which I could talk about forever. I mean, I mean, rightfully so, it's Animation Hall of Fame. Let's talk about the other big part of animation that is so often not talked about enough. And that's sound design and voice acting. 
There's not too many details about this because just the, the bonus features and the commentary about this are really, really limited. A lot of it is more about the actual animation, but you know, like I said, these elements while being so crucial are not frequently talked about. They're, they're both done exceptionally well though, the sound design and voice acting. The sound design and the Foley work go with the animation perfectly and feels very kung fu-y. The voice acting. You could expect names like Jack Black, Ian McShane, Angelina Jolie, Dustin Hoffman, Seth Rogen, and Lucy Liu to overshadow their characters, but not a single one of them do. They all feel like these characters. Even Seth Rogen with his iconic laugh is Mantis, and I recognize that it's Seth Rogen's laugh, but it feels like he's Mantis, and it's a characterization of Mantis and a performance as Mantis, not Seth Rogen. It's really interesting how they're able to balance that. Also, I'm just shocked that I never recognized Angelina Jolie's voice as Tigress. I had, I, until the credits came, I was, how did I not recognize her voice? I don't know. She does a great job. Now, to con- kind of continue with voice acting, I guess, let's, let's talk about some of the iconic lines of film. There are many. As my wife said when I was telling her I was reviewing this, she's like, oh, that has unbeatable quotes. And it really does. This film is full of exceptional lines. There's no way I can mention them all. I'm just going to quickly list some of my favorites. And it, and it starts with the opening of the film, the first words of Poe saying, legend tells of a legendary warrior whose kung fu skills were stuff of legend, or saying that there is no charge for awesomeness. Of course, the wonderful quotes from Master Uguay, one often meets his destiny on the road it, he takes to avoid it. Your mind is like water, agitated, it makes it hard to see, but when you let it settle, the answer becomes clear. And it's really interesting to see the fulfillment of that in the finale when Shifu decides to fight Tai Lung on his own and send the rest of the Furious Five and Poe to evacuate the village. The pool, like his mind, is agitated. The great quote of Shifu saying there is now a level zero. <laughs> or just the hilarious lines like Poe just devouring peaches and then Master Uguay comes up and says, I see you have found the sacred peach tree of heavenly wisdom. Oh, is that what it is? I'm so sorry. I thought this was just a regular peach tree. Or later Master Shifu says to him, Panda, we do not wash our pits in the pool of sacred tears. Like, that's great. I love Master Uguay's response to Poe's complaints with absolute honesty and great humorous timing. He's talking about how horrible it is. I probably sucked more today in the history of Kung Fu, in the history of China, in the history of sucking. And Uguay's response is, probably. And then he continues, and the five, you should have seen them. They totally hate me. Uguay's response, totally. But then, as Poe talks about giving up, Uguay responds perfectly quit, don't quit, noodles, don't noodles. You are too concerned with what was and what will be. And then the uh, fantastic line, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift and that is why it's called the present. Are you kidding? That's exceptional. And I, and I should have mentioned this earlier, but Randall Kim as Uguay is, he's fantastic. He, he captures this wise voice of age just exceptionally. And then he also has the good funny lines as well. Um, when Shifu comes running up to him and says, I have horrible news. And he says, there's just news. There's no good or bad. And then Shifu says, Tai Lung has escaped. That is bad news, which is hilarious. But if you let the scene play out, the, he doesn't say that is bad news. What he says is that is bad news. Pause. If you don't believe the dragon warrior can stop him. It's funny and it works really well, but it's also sincere. Like if Shifu doesn't believe that, that is really bad news. Then we have the entire conversation that comes after that about peaches and controlling, which I'm going to save for fall in. So stick around for that. The iconic line, there is no secret ingredient. There are no accidents. Poe coming to his own and saying, I'm the big fat panda. <laughs> or to the end of the film when Chifu says, Poe, you're alive. That or we're both dead. And then, of course, at the end, you want to get something to eat. 
the last line from Poe. I just love that. And one other line that I want to point out is when Poe is about to get the dragon scroll, he says, you really think I'm ready? And Master Shifu says, Poe, you're ready. And this is the first time he uses his name instead of calling him Panda. And it's just great. And many, many other lines that I couldn't mention or else we'd be here all day quoting the whole movie. Something else that I really like about this film is how it uses foreshadowing in really fun ways. Poe, with his reflexes, and, and the reflexes being about food, is there from the very, very beginning of the film when his dad throws him a bunch of noodles and tells him to go wait at specific tables and he catches them all perfectly. We see that he has an ability when it comes to food. Or later, when Mantis is trying to use the acupuncture on him and it's not working because it can't get to the nerve points, the nerve attacks from Tai Lung don't work later. Or the interesting idea of us creating our destiny and trying to make meaning out of what we have. This noodle shop that is so important to Poe's destiny and to his dad, Mr. Ping, he got the noodle shop from his dad, who got it from his dad, who won it from a pig through a game. Destiny genuinely is what we make of what we have. There's a little bit of luck and surprise there, like winning a noodle shop from a game, but there's a choice to continue that, to continue with what you've been given. And I think that that's wonderful, a wonderful detail in the idea of, of Poe fulfilling his destiny. The other one, the secret ingredient being brought up from the very beginning of the film. Like that is the, the turning point for Poe is when he understands what the secret ingredient is and it's, it's great. Now, there's some other details I just want to mention about the film that are pretty much just those details. I love that in his bed, in his room, the, the, it's completely worn out, like flattened in the middle because of his weight. I love that we don't get to see the tournament that Poe is missing because he can't get over the wall. That leaves the Kung Fu action for later, but also feel the sadness of Poe. We're we're in it with him. And even the way way that scene is done is exceptional. Like one particular detail I love is that his knocking matches the drums on the door. So that's just like a a fun transition and idea that elevates that entire sequence for me. And then there's tons of those throughout the film. There, there's some fun translation details like the name of the prison, I'm probably going to mispronounce, is Chor Chum Prison. Chor Chum in Cantonese is go to prison or literally sit in prison. Shifu's Chinese name in the pinyin translation is teacher master. That's great. We get fantastic animated facial expressions throughout the entire film. I just love everyone's expression, including the moment where we see Master Shifu smile for the first time. And it's when he's training Poe with the dumpling near the end of the film. And I also love just the characterization of Poe, that he's an absolute kung fu geek, kind of like a nerd, but he's, he's really meek and excited about it. He never loses those qualities. He never becomes cocky or arrogant and never loses the genuine excitement he has for being involved in kung fu. It's one of his greatest strengths. It's what allows him to endure so much without ever giving up. But it, he also figures out the wuxi finger hold on his own. No one had to teach him. He, he didn't just inherit it as part of his grandiose status as the Dragon Mancher. He figured it out on his own because he loves Kung Fu. So, of course, he's going to figure it out. I just love that they let Poe be that way. That he's, he's a geek and he's dorky and it's awesome. So, those are all the details I have. Let's keep going here with the second to last segment, Least and Likes. This is where I talk about my least favorite scene and my favorite scene in the movie. My least favorite, I don't necessarily have a scene. It's just that Jackie Chan's voice talent is really wasted here. He's phenomenal in every way in film that he's involved in. And I genuinely wish that he was involved in voice acting more because I think he'd be exceptional at it. And I do love that they do include him. But genuinely, the only dislike I have about the film is that he's just completely wasted. I mean, he, he has like, what, five lines and it's just, just a bummer. And part of that, that that's the only thing I dislike about the film is that this film really is snappy and doesn't bog itself down with being overly long and uh, has a good pace. So what's my favorite? 
You know, if that's my one complaint, what's my favorite? The runner-up, I'm really, really having a hard time deciding because there's my favorite scene like visually and animation-wise, and that's Tai Lung escaping from prison with the beautiful image of all those red arrows flying towards him. I mean, I could just frame that. Or when he's escaping, we get those freeze frames of the rhinos being whacked by him. Like, it's just, it's great comedy. The the red and blue lighting is just fantastic, and I love that entire thing. And, and the, the smooth, the kinetic energy and that movement of his escape makes it a great sequence to watch. And then we get this incredible transition of his shadow being over the valley. And it's really interesting to watch because at first I'm like, oh, did my eyes like keep that image too long? But it's a genuine intentional transition that I, I love. But my favorite scene of all of them, which I'm going to talk about extensively in Fallen, is just the conclusion of the film when Poe comes back as the dragon warrior, as the big fat panda. And the way he confronts Tai Long and that entire fight being all that Poe had learned before. It's funny. It's animated really well. It's intense to watch. It has a good pace. It has fantastic kung fu choreography. And it also is a thematically rewarding part of the film that ties it all together exceptionally. That's my favorite scene. So with that, we can move into the last segment, which I'm very excited to talk about, Fall In. This is where I talk about the messages or meanings or themes or takeaways from the film, things that I really, really love and want to mention. There's a lot in this film that I want to mention that I'm going to just kind of break down in segments uh, because there's things that kind of happen according to those segments and and different ideas that are expressed. The first one is the one that I mentioned I would save, and that's the conversation about control between Master Uguay and Master Shifu. Instead of me just repeating the entire scene because I want to, I'll just play it. You can listen to it. Master, Master, Mm -hmm. I I have, it's, uh, it's very bad news. Ah, Shifu. There is just news. There is no good or bad. Master, your vision, your vision was right. Tai Lung has broken out of prison. He's on his way. That is bad news. If you do not believe that the dragon warrior can stop him. The panda? Master, that panda is not the dragon warrior. He wasn't even meant to be here. It was an accident. There are no accidents. Yes, I know. You've said that already. Twice. Well, that was no accident either. Thrice. My old friend, the panda will never fulfill his destiny, nor you yours, until you let go of the illusion of control. Illusion? Yes. Look at this tree, Sifu. I cannot make it blossom when it suits me nor make it bear fruit before it's time. But there are things we can control. I can control when the fruit will fall. (laughs) And I can control where to plant the seed. That is no illusion, Master. Ah, yes. But no matter what you do, that seed will grow to be a peach tree. You may wish for an apple or an orange, but you will get a peach. But a peach cannot defeat Tai Lung. Maybe it can, if you are willing to guide it, to nurture it, to believe in it. But how? How? I need your help, Master. No, you just need to believe. Promise me, Shifu. Promise me you will believe. I... I will try. Mm, Good. 
My time has come. You must continue your journey without me. What? 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 What are you? What? Master, you can't leave me. You must believe, Master. Exceptional scene, right? It really, really is exceptional. And it's really interesting to watch because you can clearly understand that Master Uguay knows that some level of control is needed to nurture and guide this seed or po. But Shifu has a desire to control everything, trying to control because last time he didn't. And so he thinks it's his fault and that he has to control it otherwise. It's interesting to see how that's fulfilled in, in everything previous to that, how Master Uguay can willingly admit, I don't know, when asked who the Dragon Warrior will be. What, but when Shifu has to say, I don't know, it's one of the hardest things for him to do because he feels like he has to loosen his control. I mean, it's great characterization of their personal beliefs, but it's also really interesting because the entire conversation has things that further prove each side of the argument and the delicate balance or yin and yang between the two and how there are some things we control and others that we can cannot. And it also means a lot for Master Shifu. The Dragon Scroll, as we learn later, and I'll talk about later, only amplifies what's already there. It doesn't give anything that wasn't there to begin with. Tai Lung was already evil. And Shifu has to learn that and to be able to accept his responsibility and apologizes for it, that he did have a part in nurturing and training and, and planting, so to speak, that seed. But he's also able to be at peace knowing that no matter what he did, it was still going to grow into a peach. He says, I've always been proud of you. And it was my pride that blinded me. I loved you too much to see what you were becoming, what I was turning you into. And I love that it disarms Tai Lung for a bit. And I love the sincerity of that apology. Again, he understands that while he did plant it and he did nourish it and he did cause it to grow, it wasn't his fault that it grew into what it is. He helped the growing, but the result is the, the type of seed that was planted. And it, and it really comes a culmination with a post-credit scene that this film actually has, surprisingly, if you didn't know it does. And it's really simple. It's literally just Poe and Master Shifu sitting there getting something to eat like Poe requested. But they're sitting, sitting next to... Uh, the peach tree, and we see a little plant begin to grow, further illustrating both Master Shifu and Master Uwe's point that Po still wants something to eat. No matter how much Shifu nourished and guided that tree or that little seed grew and became something incredible, but was still a peach, was still Po. But it's also great to see how before we even get the dragon scroll and before we get the fulfillment of this for Poe himself later, Shifu understands this. He trains Poe differently. He says to Poe, when you focus on Kung Fu, when you concentrate, you stink. But perhaps that's my fault. I cannot train you the way I've trained the five. And he trains him with food. He, he takes the strength 
the understanding of what he is guiding, what he is nourishing, and nourishes it the way that it needs and allows it to grow into what it will. And I love the training sequence. It's super duper fun. It's a great montage. But I like how it starts with him telling Poe, when you have trained, you may eat. And a detail that I love is that when Poe finishes the training, he doesn't eat the dumpling. He gives it back because he realizes that he's not finished training, that there is more. But I also love that he's no longer upset. Like Uguay pointed out earlier, he eats when he's upset. And while he is still someone that loves food, it's, he, there is an element of uh, control that he has now. And, and I like that. So let's keep talking. Let's talk about the other thing here. Let's talk about the final fight and Master Uguay's quote that there, are no, that there is no such thing as accidents. It was really interesting because before when I'd heard that, it always kind of bothered me, you know, because people do things by accident and, you know, yes, there are accidents or whatever, but I, I think that mistakes are still very real but accidents are not. I think things happen with intention. Sometimes our intentions just don't pan out the way that we expect. And to say that, oh, that's an accident is wrong. And it's really interesting because I sat, as I sat down to my, on my chair, I stubbed my toe really hard and I made a noise. My wife's like, oh, what happened? I said, oh, I stubbed my toe. And she was like, oh, why'd you do that? And I said, oh, it was an accident. And it was weird to like say that, oh, it's an accident. And, and to be trying to come to terms with the idea that there are no such things as accidents. And then to sit there and think about, well, was that as an accident and was it mean? Uh, it's kind of interesting. But more than that, enough about me stubbing my toe. Let's talk about the actual film. There are no such things as accidents. The final fight sequence, I could just literally go from beginning to end and quote or point out specific aspects of it and how they really illustrate that. But the first one is that Poe realizes his natural strengths. And it starts with Tai Lung hitting Poe trying to get the scroll and then Poe hits the uh, pole and then comes bouncing back on accident, you might say, and begins to recognize his capacities. Just like the punching bag did to him before, he comes back and does the same thing. There are no accidents. There, nothing is done on accident. And so we see Poe learn that. And, and all the times, and the, and the fulfillment of that, I mean, all the times that he didn't see succeed before, he uses them later in the fight. For example, he lands on the exact same tree that flung and whacked him earlier when he was trying to get over the wall. That is the same tree he lands on. And knowing what it does now, he gets off of it and it whacks Tai Lung. And there's a progression there. But then through the entire fight, there isn't a thing that happens that, didn't, that he didn't learn earlier. From the tree that I mentioned to the chopsticks and the bowls, but now he's using giant bamboo sticks the exact same way that Master Shifu did earlier. To the fireworks rocket that he learned at the beginning. To him climbing higher on the wall by envisioning it as food, which has a fantastic dolly zoom with it as well. Or the fight over the scroll after that, matching very closely to the fight over the dumpling that he had with Master Shifu earlier, including the way that Master Shifu uses Poe's chopsticks against him. Very similarly, Poe uses Tai Lung's tail against him. And then it ends with him doing the exact same thing that the punching bag did to him at first and getting whacked and then swinging back and hitting Tai Lung and really embracing his pandaness. At the beginning, what are you going to do? Sit on me? He says, don't tempt me. And then he literally sits on him. Like he just... He is who he is and no longer is doing these things by accident, but is learning by them. It's a fantastic scene. And it's, it's wonderful to see how a big part of that was him embracing who he was because of the dragon scroll. So the dragon scroll, let's talk about that. Or as Poe's dad said, there is no secret ingredient. And I love the quote, but I also love that it's Poe's dad that influences his understanding of the dragon scroll, that he has an important part to play in the story set up at the very beginning but also how it fulfills Poe's destiny and Poe's character arc. It's fantastic. 
And to steal something that I saw on Letterboxd from Siegel, I will link that review below. It's a fantastic review from him that's really, really brief, but I want to just take out one section of it because I felt like the way it was worded was perfect. He said, quote, Obviously, the movie's lesson is that accepting yourself as you are is its own superpower, but this isn't a superhero movie. It's kung fu. And importantly, it isn't just a spoof of the kung fu genre. It is itself a great kung fu film. The way kung fu works is that one uses their innate strengths and personality to define their style. Each character isn't just a random animal. Their being is a celebrated part of their identity, and their kung fu training is as much about getting physically stronger as it is about honing the power of the self. Poe isn't just a fat panda, as though he is someone trapped inside the fat panda suit. He is his body. He is a fat panda. Just like Tigress is a tiger, and all the Furious Five are their physical beings, I'm not just a fat panda. I'm the fat panda. Close quote. I think this is just exceptionally well worth the entire uh, end of the film and the fulfillment of the theme. There's this great sequence right after Poe sees the scroll. It's up in that little mouth of the dragon on the on the roof and he imagines as some piece of food i don't know what it is and then begins to climb and he's doing backflips and and really acrobatic and tai long is says no the scroll has given him power and yes it has but also no the, the scroll didn't do anything that wasn't there before these were skills he already had the scroll helped him in appreciating and realizing that they were strengths and in using them but the scroll didn't give them to him he already had them and it's great to see the way that the film fulfills this visually as well. For example, Tai Lung hits Poe to the ground and it's done with realish physics. He's just smashed to the ground and it cracks and that, that's pretty much it. But later, when Poe wa- launches Tai Lung up into the air, he lands with a really cartoony hole in the ground, including his tail. Because Poe's fighting style is more cartoony. It's more of himself. It's a great visual storytelling there. But also how Tai Lung does eventually get the scroll before this. And he opens it and then says, it's nothing. I mean, there's a lot of things about that scene that I could point out that I like. For example, Poe doesn't just take the scroll from him. He doesn't freak out. Oh no, the villain's going to have the power. He, he lets Tai Lung open it and then even tries to explain it to him because Poe is a trusting individual. But it's really interesting how that expression, it's nothing, means a lot. He's, tai Lung is looking at his own reflection. Yes, he's saying that the scroll is nothing, but he's also saying that about himself. He believes that he is nothing without that scroll. There's a very real story told about Tai Lung and the rage and hatred that can come when you believe a specific achievement or goal is what's going to bring you worth and value. But that self-inflicted or otherwise can lead to blame towards the things or people you feel that prevent you from getting what you wanted. It's a life without control, and that's a really, really sad life full of anger. Poe, in his kindness towards others, tries to explain this to a small degree to Tai Lung to get him to see his own worth. He's not telling Tai Lung the power of the scroll in a gloating way. He's telling him in a sincere way that just as much Poe believes what's in himself is what gives him power. He's trying to say the same thing to Tai Lung. But it's sad because for too long, the only thing that gave him value was becoming the dragon warrior. And when something has that level of value placed upon it, if you do eventually get it by whatever means you do, it's quite disappointing and you realize it doesn't make you any better than before. But to to get back to Poe's experience and him with the dragon scroll, to finish the quote from his dad, Mr. Ping, there is no secret ingredient. And Poe asks, you don't add some kind of special sauce or something? Don't have to. To make something special, you just have to believe it's special. 
And, and that brings me to the final conversation I want to mention between Poe and Shifu when Poe tries to leave right after Ugwe ascends. The five are trying to go and fight Tylung, but Shifu is finally ready to help Poe fulfill his destiny as a dragon warrior. And he said, it is not your destiny to defeat Tylung, it's his. And then Poe's gone, so he has to chase after him. But he tells Poe, a real warrior never quits. Poe, watch me. Which is interesting because he never did before, but this time he's trying to. He says, come on, how am I supposed to beat Tylung? I can't even beat you to the stairs. Master Shifu, you will beat him because you are the dragon warrior. Poe replied, you don't believe that. You never believed that. From the first moment I got here, you've been trying to get rid of me. And Master Shifu honestly says, yes, I was. And now I ask you to trust in your master as I have learned to trust in mine. To which Poe responds, you're not my master and I'm not the dragon warrior. And so confused, Shifu replies, then why don't you quit? You knew I was going to get rid of you, yet you stayed. And this is the part I really want to focus on. Poe says, I stayed because every time you threw a brick at my head or said I smelled, it hurt. But it could never hurt more than it did every day of my life just being me. I stayed because I thought if anyone could change me, could make me not me, it was you, the greatest Kung Fu teacher in all of China. One of the biggest struggles for many, including me, is discovering and accepting and truly believing in your self-worth. There's a lot of hurt that comes with wanting and believing that you have to be something or someone else to achieve your hopes and dreams and to therefore have worth at that given achievement. And, and because you aren't that something else, you are reduced to something lesser, to be stuck wherever you are. For Poe, that happens to be making noodles. He's accepting of that even though it's not what he wants to do because he believes that he is incapable of that other dream. There's a scripture that I love that near and dear to me that talks about turning weaknesses into strengths. And I always felt like it was this huge alteration of yourself that these weaknesses had to be destroyed for the strengths to be built on top of them in replacement of them. But my idea about this is changing. It was interesting because as I was writing this, I went and reread that scripture it gave me new insights and altering some of the wording to match the wording of the film. It says weaknesses are given unto us to make us humble. And if we are humble and believe those weak things will become strengths. There's a lot of things in myself that I see as a weakness that I need to do away with, but I'm trying to be like Poe. I'm trying to understand how those weaknesses can be strengths to believe that I'm special, but to understand it carefully, not that I can be special after adding some secret sauce, but that I'm special right now. And that that specialness comes by believing that I am. Yes, of course, in all aspects of human life, there are things that need changing. Poe does have to train. He has to develop and hone new skills to gain confidence. But a lot of that is learning how to use what was already there. Poe had the confidence to love passionately Kung Fu, but he didn't have enough to be confident about pursuing it. Later, he does. And I'm starting to think about this entire thing in new ways. Instead of viewing myself as having too much of a bad thing needing to be replaced with a good thing, to see myself as already having the good thing, but just needing to develop more of that already had good thing. To give an example, right? Exercise, being fit, cardiovascular ability. It isn't that I don't have enough cardiovascular ability, that I have too much laziness or I have too much out of shape ability that needs to be replaced with cardiovascular ability. I already have cardiovascular ability. It's just limited and I need to grow what is already there. It's not a perfect example, but hopefully you can get where I'm going with this, that developing more of what is already there, that we just have to believe that we are special because we are. There's no secret sauce that needs to be added. There's just a belief in what we have is enough. 
And it's really interesting because I watched this movie and then later that day I was making dinner. My wife and her mom and her sister were listening to this webinar about health and dieting from this great individual that's a friend of theirs. And so on this webinar, she was, they're talking about health, right? They're talking about dieting and, and trying to have the body that you want. And she said something really interesting. She said, I can get those clients to their ideal body, but they still aren't happy because they haven't changed what they think about themselves. That's an important part of it. That's an important part of Poe's journey is being happy with who he is, accepting himself and changing how he thinks about himself. Because of all this learning that Poe goes through, he defeats Tai Lung and fulfills his destiny as this legendary warrior. He appears as the silhouette from his dream that the film opens with, literally, as the legendary Kung Fu warrior. But he fulfills it with the tools he already had. He has a pan for a hat and a noodle apron for a cape. He doesn't have to be someone he wasn't before, while also literally fulfilling what he saw. And I also love that as the film ends, Poe suddenly doesn't have to stop peeing himself. The film ends and he still wants to go get food. Yes, he's the dragon warrior. Yes, he has incredible kung fu skills. And he also loves food. And both are good. One did not have to replace the other. So exceptional film, Kung Fu Panda is. I, I am impressed that I had this many things to say about it. Hopefully it was beneficial to you. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully it elevated your appreciation for Kung Fu Panda, encouraged you to go watch it again. I promise you'll have a good time. So if you like this episode, it would mean so much to me and helps out the show a ton if you could do one of two things or both. Leave a review on podchaser.com slash the basement binge or Spotify or Apple Podcasts and then share the show on Instagram or Facebook. Or just send someone a text that you know would appreciate this. Sharing the show really helps a ton. I would appreciate it. Additionally, doing those things, if you send me a screenshot of sharing it, or if you tag me so I can see it, or you leave a review, those will enter you for a giveaway, again, for all of Animation Hall of Faith Season 2, January and February. Every review, every share gets you an entry. You could potentially win this film if that's what you choose. So thank you for listening for this episode. Thanks for continuing with me through Animation Hall of Fave 2. This has been a blast. Kung Fu Panda. Who knew? Who knew there was this much to love about it? I should have remembered because clearly a lot of other people do. So thank you for listening. Once again, this is The Basin Binge, Animation Hall of Fave 2. My name is Harrison, and that's all for now. Ciao, ciao. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.